Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and shows my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. John Ramos spinning the tunes on the ones and twos. My man Ryan Music in the production seat. Cindy Katz booking the show. We have an outstanding show for you today. Uh, Charlie Strong is going to be our guest, head coach of South Florida, former head coach at both Louisville and, uh, as of last year, the University of Texas. We'll ask him about his first training camp as a head coach of, of the South Florida Bulls, what he was left behind. Mike Lombardi will join us, former NFL GM. I will get his thoughts on some of the early season movement, on what we can expect from Jay Cutler as quarterback of the depleted of the depleted Miami Dolphins. Uh, Emma Coburn is going to join us. She just won the gold medal in the steeplechase at the World Championships. It's a fantastic story. She's going to share her tale with you and just how big it was for U.S. track and field in 30 minutes. And Nick Wright's going to join us, the host uh, of First Things First, which premieres in three weeks 
on Fox Sports 1. We'll ask him about players kneeling in the NFL and if he agrees with my general premise that um, this hurts the perception that Colin Kaepernick is being kept out of the NFL because of his protest from last year. All right, so that's upcoming later on the show. Fantastic show for you. There are stories from around the NBA which continue to focus on Cleveland. Uh, the Cavaliers find themselves fixated on a young star. They want New York to trade them Christoph Porzingis. To this point, the Knicks have said you can have anything else but KP. The Boston Celtics are a potential landing spot for Kyrie Irving, as the Cavs like the idea of Jason Tatum. In Phoenix... The Cavs apparently want Eric Bledsoe and Jason Tatum. In Denver, they have their eyes set on Jamal Murray as well as draft choices. These sources told Adrian Wojnarowski. But one of the big problems is no one knows what LeBron's doing, even Cleveland. And because of it, it's really hard to know exactly what Kyrie's value is or exactly who wants to go play with LeBron. Because if you're going to agree to play with LeBron... Kyrie has to want out because he's not going to be there next year after next year, right? Like, look, there's so many signs that are pointing to LeBron's potential exodus, aren't there? James Jones now in Phoenix there to recruit LeBron James. The love affair that the Lakers front office had with Rich Paul, agent to LeBron James. LeBron is up next year. And, of course, Magic and Rob Palenka, that brain trust of the Lakers, have made it known to everybody. We want not one but two superstars next year to come play with our team, and we're going to move heaven and earth to make sure that we have that salary space. That's what they've done this year. Oh, yeah, and then there's LeBron talking about needing a place to play pickup basketball. When referring to Los Angeles, he referred to L.A. as home. Hmm. Yesterday, he tweeted out that Magic Johnson has always been there for him. Happy birthday to Magic Johnson, a close friend who's always been there for him. Huh. Lots of signs. More signs now than even when his his now wife, uh, then I still believe they were girlfriend. I don't remember when exactly they got married. Remember when she was packing up all of the cars in Miami before the decision to move back from Miami to Cleveland was. There's an additional story from Black Sports Online, which uh, they apparently, they listen to Richard Jefferson's podcast. I've heard Richard Jefferson's podcast is really good. I have not downloaded it. You can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Shameless plug. Not shameless when it's your own. Uh, Download it. iTunes, foxsportsradio.com. Don't be afraid to rate it as well. Anyway, they listen to Richard Jefferson's podcast, and when asked about... Darren Williams, Richard Jefferson said, when you talk to Darren Williams about playing golf, his eyes light up. He was asked about coming off. What about when Darren was, uh, when you ask him about coming off the bench for the Cavaliers, his eyes did not light up. Is it fair, at least on some level to surmise, that there's a little bit of, oh, a little bit of Axl Rose? Hmm. Maybe not Axl Rose, because Axl Rose, super talented lead singer for Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose is more like Carmelo Anthony, right? Everyone will admit that Axl Rose has a a hellacious amount of God-given talent. But because you don't know if he's going to show up for a show, and if he does show up for a show and you're really good, he might not get along with his bandmates. 
talent only takes you so far if you can't get along with everybody. Axel Rose, Carmelo Anthony, same guy. Everybody thinks Melo has a ton of talent. But when others have succeeded and Melo hasn't gotten the spotlight, he hasn't been as happy. He hasn't been able to do it in New York. Not all of it is his fault, but enough of it is. Axel is more like Carmelo Anthony. Um, hmm. Could he be like David Lee Roth? David Lee Roth, of course, back uh, jump, hot for teacher, was lead singer of Van Halen when Van Halen first bust on the scene, right? And in truth, like Eddie Van Halen is more like Dwayne Wade, like always good, maybe never, maybe never recognized as the elite superstar that he is, but Eddie Van Halen's awesome. Case in point, you put Shaq with Dwayne Wade, they win a title. You put LeBron with Dwayne Wade, they win a title. You put David Lee Roth with Eddie Van Halen, they're awesome. You put Sammy Hagar with David Lee, with, with Van Halen, they're also awesome. Fair? Okay. So I'm trying to find... David Lee Roth did eventually come back to Van Halen and it didn't work, but I, I don't even think that's the one. Hmm. hmm. Is, there a, is there an iconic singer, musician, who is great... But just every and respected. And wherever he goes or she goes, they have platinum records. They have sold out concerts. And yet, it's just not that much fun. Maybe Sting. Maybe Sting. Uh, we were looking, we were trying to search for the parallel. And uh, Steve Gorman Sports comes up uh, after this show. On Fox Sports Radio. And and he has a much greater depth of music knowledge. Like, my music knowledge, I, I know a ton. I know way too much about pop music as my kids. I like a good, I like hip-hop, R&B, hardcore rap, because I do. And we like little kind of, we like I guy And even alternative, especially you go 90s, occasionally I'll throw on a flannel shirt and some jeans and some Doc Martens, and I'll rock out to some 90s, you know, early 21st century alternative. That said, I can't tell you a ton about the early formations of bands, right? Like, I know, do, do I know that Pearl Jam used to be Mookie Blaylock? I do, but I can't tell you about different band members for different bands and the different incarnations of them. But I do know the story of Sting because I remember there was a Behind the Music. Remember you guys remember Behind the Music? Those used to be really good. And Sting burst onto the scene, but the band couldn't stay together. Police couldn't stay together because of... Well, Sting's sort of kind of ego. The police were formed in 1977 by drummer Stuart Copeland, along with uh, a school teacher, Gordon Sumner. That's Sting's name. If your name was Gordon, you'd go by Sting, too. And Andy Summers. Within a year, they were rock's big thing, but tensions began bubbling over as Sting took control of the band. The others began to feel like his employees, and they began fighting like crazy, even as the band got bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, like, look, I'm not trying to say that Kyrie is Stuart Copeland or Andy Summers, but he was one of the founding members of this, and he did hit the game-winning shot, the big shot against the Golden State Warriors. And what has LeBron James done? 
He's taken control of the band. The others began to feel like his employees. Dude, his agent represents half the team. Does not, by the way, represent Kyrie Irving. The owner fires the, or doesn't re-up the GM. And even though LeBron claims that he was sad to see the GM go, if he didn't want the GM gone, the GM would still be there. Everybody's operating as if it's LeBron James' team. And for all essential, essential purposes, it is. It's his town. It's his team. It's his league. But the police broke up. And the breakup of the Cavs, as I've stated before, is as much LeBron's fault as it is Kyrie's. And now you're left with the tricky, wait a second, how are we going to get appropriate value when any sort of veteran thinks, I don't want to be the last one out of Cleveland? And any team knows, even though I want, I'd want, i like to move heaven and earth to get Kyrie Irving, I got Kyrie for two potential years, is that worth trading away one of my young burgeoning stars? LeBron closer to Sting than he is David Lee Roth than he is Axel Rose. It's not like we haven't seen this before. The infighting of bands. And no one questions Sting's competence, Sting's talents. Hell, Sting is still Jim. He goes to Staples Center, the Rose Bowl. He goes out to MetLife in New York. He still sells out. He's still Sting. And he's one of those guys that, like, the older he gets, like, that's a, still a good-looking dude, right? Like, I am, not that there's anything wrong with going the other way, but I am a straight, heterosexual male. I will tell you, like, Sting, that's a good-looking, that's a good-looking older dude. And he doesn't dance around. There ain't nothing special about him. He just stands up there and sings and has got a scruff working and crystal blue eyes. He's st- you know, he's like, and he's got the great nickname, I'm Sting. All right? Braun, same way. Respected. Getting better, more refined, more efficient. Incredible to watch, even though the miles keep piling up. But that doesn't mean it's easy to be in a band with them. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So uh, yesterday we played for you that Colin Cowherd basically said, and then, then basically he did say this. Nothing lasts forever in sports. We know this. Even when stars get together, the big three in Boston, you know, MJ and Pippen, Shaq and Kobe, even when it's Randy Moss and Brady, when you get these unbelievable warriors right now, it never lasts forever. And that's not only true with individuals and teams, it's also true with cultures in sports. Don't count last year. We're on the heels of a 10- to 12-year run of Southern college football dominance. The SEC dominated. It's over. And the South doesn't want to admit it's over. It's not about the media, SEC fan. Vegas no longer sees you as the best conference. And there's one reason why this is true. You still have players everywhere. You are the worst coached major conference. You have 10 coordinators masquerading as head coaches. Okay. Um, Look, his take is it comes down to the coaches. And I think coaches, one, it shows their value, right? Because there's a reality to it in that coaches go to 
coaches go somewhere. Nick Saban, wherever he's gone, LSU and Alabama, has competed for and won national championships. The the, the perception was Michigan gets Jim Harbaugh. They're going to get their stuff together. They haven't won yet. They haven't won anything big yet. But the perception has changed, and the reality will, will soon follow. They've gone after, they've paid a bunch of money to go and get Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer has come through with the national championship. Even though Urban Meyer's Ohio State team was embarrassed in the national semifinal. We, we, we forget that. We dismiss that, right? And the truth be told, when they won the national championship, they probably shouldn't have been in the national championship. It was only because they curb stomped Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game where Wisconsin laid down with their third-string quarterback, Cardale Jones, uh, playing for Ohio State, that they got a second life, a second opportunity, took advantage, and won the first college football playoff. So some of it is perception. Some of it is us misremembering in the past. Some of it is reality. Right? Like Jim McElwain, I, I do think, is the guy to fix Florida. But last year, he lost Will Greer, his starting quarterback, to a PED suspension. People make fun of Butch Jones, but he actually did an incredible job considering, I think they lost like seven starters on defense to injury. Like, oh, the SEC is dead. Like, they played and beat Virginia Tech in their non-conference game. Like, they played and beaten teams. in Florida beat Miami so bad, Miami fired their coach. Look, Georgia went through a coaching change, went through a transition. South Carolina has returned since Spurrier uh, now retired. Spurrier left when they are at the bottom. I, I think the big thing that's hurting the, that hurt the SEC is the same thing that's hurt the Big 12, the same thing that hurt the Pac-12, and the same thing that hurt the Big 10 for years. No matter how good your league is, unless your most famous teams, unless your blue blood teams are competing for championships year in, year out, you're not deemed to be as good of a conference. That's just the way it works. For the, how many, 13th straight year, the SEC had the most players drafted in, excuse me, 11th straight year. The SEC had the, here, here's the note, had the most players drafted in the NFL. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We're now in the generation to which it's no longer nearly as cool or necessary even to go to a game, right? I think the sta- I I don't have any doubts that the stadium is going to work. The stadium is going to house the Rams. It's going to house the Chargers. And because it's going to be domed, it's going to get a Final Four. It's going to get a national championship in football. It'll get another bowl game in football. Like, the stadium is going to be everything that Dallas has, right? Like a hub for activity, huge concerts, big venue for everything, only actually in civilization. You've been to Dallas Stadium? They're like, let's take you to a place where there's an actual city, and then let's take a stadium and put it as far from that actual city as humanly possible. That's what they did. The stadium is great. Getting there is a mess. And you're like, would you rather host an event outside of Dallas, outside of Fort Worth, or right in the heart of Los Angeles? This is a no-brainer. Like, the stadium is going to work. I'm talking about the football thing actually becoming a thing. Like, the Raiders, the Raiders, like, who goes to NFL games in Los Angeles? A really, like you go, it's a United Nations. It is a really diverse population of people. And that does not appeal to the Chargers. Even though, like, look, there's plenty of Hispanic and uh, 
and Asian and Polynesian fans of the Chargers in San Diego, there wasn't that. The Chargers were actually the rival. Like when the Chargers and the Raiders played, Raider fans from L.A. would go down to San Diego and then get into fights with Charger fans. Now they're supposed to be Charger fans? Like, that's a weird one. And there were there was nobody who was, no one who from a diverse culture who was a, a Rams fan growing up. Like, they were an Orange County team. Like, it is the weirdest. And it's because the NFL waited way after Wednesday. And I even think Wednesday or three days is too long to, like, you text people all the time. You can't text her, hey, just thinking of you. This whole thing of I had to wait three days to text people. You wait too long, her, you know, especially now. Kids have no attention span. And we're in an era where why would you go to an NFL game when you can watch every NFL game and not even ch- – you don't even have to change the channel if you have Red Zone. Plus, you got second screen viewing. Open up your laptop or your iPad. Most Everybody has a big screen on TV. Back when the Rams and the Raiders were in L.A., they were not only your team. You didn't have any other choice. There was no other way to watch any other game. Back when the NFL was in L.A., if a friend had a big screen, one and had those three big beams. Remember those? The big three big beams. You had to roll it in. And it was also a cool thing. Who doesn't have it? If you don't have a TV over the 40 inches, there is something wrong with you. You're like, oh, <laughs> I, and this is not rich person. I, no, no, no. I didn't say you had a theater room. Okay? I didn't say you had butler service. Everybody has a flat screen, big screen TV. You have that. You may not pay your rent. You will pay your cable fees. You will pay your direct TV thing. And if you don't believe it, ask anybody who markets for these teams. I kind of think the NFL whiffed. They just waited too long to text the girl back. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now. What does the fuck say? First, here's Hugh Jackson at his press conference, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, speaking. Uh, uh, see, I'm sorry. He was the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, talking about some of the recent protests in the NFL. I think everybody has a right to do, you know, and I, and I get it. But the national anthem means a lot uh, to myself personally, our organization, our football team. I hope, you know, again, I can't speak. I haven't really talked to our team about it. I would hope we don't have those issues. I understand there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, I like to just keep it here. You know, what we deal with, we try to deal with as a team in our closed environment. We talk about things, but hopefully that won't happen. I can't tell you it won't happen, but I, I just know our guys. I don't think that's where our focus is, and we hope the things that are going on in the world get ironed out. But I know right now we're, we're doing everything we can to, to get our football team better. All right, so here's what Shannon Sharp had to say. It's going to be hard for me to not call Hugh Jackson what he actually is. For him to go public and says, I hope the world gets this ironed out. Does he understand that he lives in this world and that by passing the buck and kicking the can, no one solved this problem? At some point in time, Dr. King, Rosa Parks, our great leaders, they picked that can up. Oh, boy. I mean, listen, I listen to it and I'm like, oh, boy. I like Shannon. I love his passion for it. But everyone does not have to protest. Everyone does not have to welcome in protests uh, into their place of business. He's like, look, we're the Browns. We've been bad for a long time. I- I've, I've been, Hugh Jackson, this is his second job in the NFL. Failed as the Raiders head coach. Was it his fault or not his fault? It doesn't matter. And I, 
he he's within his rights to n- not want to engage. I completely disagree with Shannon Sharp. Like, wait, so any blackhead coach that says we hope the world irons out its problems, our problems right now are we're the Browns and we suck, and he, he's he's supposed to divert some of the attention? I, I don't. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. Um, like, look, there's, I, I, there is, there's time and there's place and to different people, it means different things. I get that we try and make our feelings known and we want everybody to feel the way we feel. I make it a point to not tell people how to pray, not tell people how to mourn. Don't tell people how to spend their money or raise their kids. And you know what? Don't tell people when and how they should protest or try and change the world. That was a, oh boy. What does the fuck say? Like, am, I, am, I, am I crazy there? Like, I, I just, and you could say, well, it's different when you're a blackhead coach. Like, maybe, maybe to Shannon it is. Like, I haven't heard Anthony Lynn speak out. He's blackhead coach of San Diego Chargers. Mike Tom, is Mike Tomlin also, do they all have to, do they all have to uh, form a group and then, and protest things that are happening out in the real world? When, in truth, sports are meant to bring us together apart from the real world. Real world's screwed up, man. Real world's screwed up. Doesn't mean you can't protest, but does, also doesn't mean you have to. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Michael Lombardi. As I mentioned, a former NFL GM. You have to download his podcast on The Ringer called GM Street. Um, it feels like the Cowboys knew something was coming, right? Like I know Ronnie Hillman's more for for uh, training camp reps, but uh, it, it feels like you know Alfred Morris along with Darren McFadden that should be enough for the first six games, shouldn't it? Well, you think so, but I mean, look, you got to Doug, you got to go back and really understand this Cowboy offense. I mean, sixty-one percent of the time last year, number one in the National Football League, they were able to get four yards on first down. They rushed more than most teams. They were third in the NFL in rushing attempts in the first half, 46% run, 54 pass. So now those numbers are going to change. And I think the biggest factor is Elliott in the passing game. He had like 39 catches last year. He was explosive. I thought they were going to really advance that and move forward. Now they're going to have to take that step back. When McFadden's in the game or Morris is in the game particularly, defensive coordinators say, yo, it's going to be run, run, screen, screen. There's really no passing game and you can play an eight-man front effectively against them when Elliott was in there you had to really be careful so I think it's dramatically going to change the play con and it's going to put the onus on Jason Garrett and and the onus on Dak Prescott right I mean like look and and they play a more difficult schedule I mean right. you know last year a fairly soft schedule this year Giants at home who they opened with and lost to last year then to Denver to take on that incredible defense to Arizona, home to the Rams, Packers, uh, before they get uh, a respite with the, with the Niners. What's your What are your expectations? Year two, bigger playbook, but bigger expectations, and no star running back early on in the season for Dak Prescott. 
I think last year when you really go over their season, they were fortunate because their offense carried their defense through the first 10 games. They were very good in time of possession last year in terms of their defense really played about a single header of a game. They never played double headers. They were playing 26, 25 minutes. And as they got better and improved during the season, they increased their playtime and improved defensively. That's not going to happen this year. And I wrote about a month ago for the Ringer, I talked about how Jason Garrett's really in a tough spot because he's going to have to figure out his team might be two and three at the bye and he might have to look at it and say we need to shift they may be a better team with a worse record I really think the onus is going to be on the Cowboys coaching staff I think they let their team down in the playoff game there's no reason Green Bay should come into Dallas Stadium and beat that team not that Green Bay team that got killed by the Atlanta Falcons by the half last year so Dallas is going to have to change what they do offensively, and I think Elliott's going to be the preemptive force to force them into changing because if they don't, teams are going to gear up for them. The one thing they were able to do is win first down. That's not going to happen as much. All right, so if we don't like what this does to the Cowboys, does it directly benefit a team like the Giants the most? Who in that division benefits the most (laughs) from that six-game suspension? You know, Doug, when I was growing up, that division was – Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells, Joe Gibbs, and Buddy Ryan. And now I'm looking at Ben McAdoo, Doug Peterson, Jason Garrett, and Jay Gruden. And I'm like, what happened here? What happened to the NFL? Where is all the great coaches gone? And I think that really the Giants are the best team, except Eric Flowers, the left tackle, has to be able to pass protect way better than he did in the opening preseason game where T.J. Watt went around him for a sack. They've got to get better production out of Bobby Hart, their right tackle. Their offensive line has been an Achilles heel. And when you look at Eli Manning's season last year, it was they averaged 16 points a game. They won with their defense. Can they do that again? I'm not sure they can. They have a 1,000 plays on Ben McAdoo's playlist. It looks like the Cheesecake Factory menu in front of them. However, they don't score enough points. So that being said, I'm concerned about them. I'm concerned about the Redskins. The Redskins don't look to be the same team that they were last year. I think Bill Callahan, their offensive line coach, does a great job of keeping it all together. They made a change in defense coordinators to Greg Minuski. I'm not sure that's going to be the answer. And then the Eagles have a really good football team. Their depth in the defensive line is much improved, but can Carson Wentz improved. Can he throw the ball better over 10 yards than he did last year? Last year he averaged 49% completion when he threw the ball over 10 yards. That ain't going to cut it, and he's going to have to be better at that, and I think that's really going to be the challenge. Michael Lombardi joining us. You talked about the future Green Bay Packers defense at the end of the season, just completely depleted in the back on the back end uh, by by injury. They open up with the Seahawks. There are There's a lot of talk. Aaron Rodgers going to get a new contract at some point in the very near future. Uh, but this is a team that went from um, playoff hopeful to make an incredible run at the end of the season, probably playing above their level on you know on the on the arm and legs of of Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts on how they filled some of their their holes and their weaknesses? I applaud Ted Thompson. I mean, he finally Ted Thompson was the guy who never wanted to go outside of the mainstream way he developed player personnel. He never liked free agency. Always wanted to hang on to compensatory picks. Last year, he did. He changed. He went out. He was able to find Martellus Bennett in free agency. And I think what he learned last year in the playoffs was when you give Aaron Rodgers enough good players around him, and they don't have to be college free agents, 
he can make everybody look better. I mean, this is one of the most – I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm saying, look, Matthew Stafford, get your contract. Everybody get their deals because my I should be the highest-paid player of, of anybody because I carry this team on my back because I'm that good. I mean, that throw he made against Dallas is one-in-a-million throw. That should have been at some state fair throw. It's unbelievable he could put the ball there. So, for me, I think Aaron Rodgers carries that team. Now, can they stay healthy? That's the key component for the Packers. Defensively, they've not been able to do that. And Dom Capers has always tried to do what I call curly in the boat. He's always trying to plug one hole to fill another hole, and all right. of a sudden he has two leaks in his boat, and it's a problem. Um, let's go to Atlanta. The Falcons not didn't just make the playoffs. They made the Super Bowl. Should have won the Super Bowl, right? They, they just yeah. take, they take a knee on after that Julio Jones catch, <laughs> kick a field goal, and go home with their, with their first uh, Super Bowl championship. They don't, and we've seen this time and again. The team that loses in the Super Bowl – oftentimes falls apart the next season. The division should be better, right? Saints couldn't be any worse defensively. Uh, Tampa seems to be coming on, and Carolina was down after a Super Bowl year the year before. What's your assessment of what Atlanta will look like this year as opposed to being a dominant team in the NFC last year? Look, I don't want to take anything away from Steve Sarkeesian. He's a fine football coach, but what, what Kyle Shanahan did last year I don't think really was truly appreciated. Matt Ryan's numbers weren't just good above his average. They were unbelievably above his average. If he would have been a baseball player, there would have been a commission going out to see if he was on steroids because he was incredible at what he did. His numbers were so far above his career statistical average, and much of that is because of the way Kyle Shanahan drew up the game plan, the way Matt Ryan was bought into the offense. I just don't see them being as good as they were last year offensively. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian can duplicate what Kyle Shanahan did. I've never seen it out of Steve's offense. I've seen it out of Kyle. That being said, I think they're better on defense. I think they're much better on defense. I think they have more of a confidence to them defensively. And I think they can rush the passer. And obviously getting Desmond Trufant back will tremendously help the secondary, who they didn't have in the Super Bowl and might have been a huge difference. But you're right. Doug, the South is much better. I think Tampa, they're like an unmade bed. They look weird. They, don't, they turn the ball over. But for whatever reason, because of the way Jameis Winston plays, they always stay in games. And they may not win perfectly. They're not going to be a Hollywood script, but they find a way to win games. I think Carolina's much improved, too. I think Cam Newton will have a better season. I think they've got more weapons. I think they'll be more a factor offensively, defensively. Assuming that Luke Keekley can stay healthy from the concussion protocol and not get hit again, I think that's a huge if. But New New Orleans has to be better, as you said, on defense, but they're always going to be good on offense with Drew Brees, and they've got a lot of weapons down there. So I think the South is going to be a team where you're going to get the wild cards coming from them. They're really good. I just don't see Atlanta being as good offensively, but I think they're a better football team totally. They may not win 13 games. They may not dominate the way they did offensively, but I think they're going to win as many games because they can do different things. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM. He'll be our GM this year on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can download his podcast. It's just an outstanding listen called GM Street. It's on The Ringer, The Ringer's website. Download it, listen to it, and it's just a plethora of information. Okay, so Mitch Trubisky now is, uh, is I believe he's the triumphant. He's God, he's Jesus, and he's the Holy <laughs> Spirit in, in Chicago. They're already um, taking, you know, taking measurements for the Hall of Fame bust. You, you've done this your entire professional life, right? Seeing the guys that make it, seeing the guys that are, are, weren't what you thought, were better than you thought. You're one weekend. We need to temper some of these expectations, Trubisky, because he did, to the layman at least, looked outstanding last week. Yeah, but look, it's the first preseason game. 
and it's in the third and fourth quarter, where the coverages and the schemes are basically almost high schoolish. It's very vanilla. And the offense he was running was very vanilla. Look, this is a kid who didn't play a lot at North Carolina. It took him to his senior year till we got on the field. And he's going to take some time to learn. The game is going to speed up. The volume of offense is going to increase. And those two factors, the speed of the game and the volume of the offense, always catch up on young players. You need a lot of experience. You need that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours, but you also need that Bruce Springsteen born-to-run enthusiast where you can actually keep keep working and keep getting better. I think that's what Trubisky needs to do. He needs to get experience, and he needs to have that great enthusiasm. It's going to take some time. The problem is Mike Lennon hasn't produced to the level that they thought he would, especially paying him $15 million a year. I think that's the concern if you're Bears fans. You've got to get more out of Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon has to play better, and Mike Lennon has enough experience to go in these preseason games and look much better than he did in the opener. All right, so what do you do? I mean, like, do you, do you start him right away? Do you, I, mean, how, I mean, look, if I were Ryan Pace, I wouldn't have traded up to get one pick. to get. If I wanted Trubisky, I wouldn't have signed Glennon. Right. I, would have just, I, I would have said, hey, I'm all in with Glennon. We're rebuilding with this quarterback. The problem is you've got a head coach who's essentially in his lame duck year. John Fox, does it, he wants to try to win. He's trying to save his job. Pace is trying to save his job. There's a lot of disconnect. Bill Walsh once said, you know, the worst thing to fight is the Civil War, and I think sometimes these teams in the NFL fight a Civil War internally because they're not on the same page. I think it's going to be a challenge. For me, I think Trubisky should play. I think Deshaun Watson should play, because I think Deshaun Watson gives him a chance by the middle of the season to be a much better football team with him playing than perhaps Tom Savage, but it takes time to get these guys ready to play and ready to go. The The other one is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's got a chance to be really good, and Alex Smith is going to be a lame duck quarterback. And we know this. I grew up in the great state of New Jersey. Lame state, lame duck uh, governors never work, and lame duck quarterbacks don't work either. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the, the I actually think Fox. If you're trying to save your job, you play the young kid. That way, when you play don't play well, you go, hey, look, I'm throwing a rookie quarterback out there, right? Yeah, I just, you know, owners don't want to hear any excuses when you lose. You know, it's great for the fans. We talk about, well, you were stuck with this guy. You're paid to win. You're paid to find the solutions. And I think John knows this, and I think he wants to try to manage the game as best he can. Look, why not play a rookie quarterback? You don't want to turn the ball over. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to give the game away. You don't want to lose the game. You want to try to win the game. And when you play rookie quarterbacks, at times you'll lose the game because he'll make mistakes. Michael Lombardi, great stuff. Uh, Download the podcast. It's called GM Street. You can download it wherever podcasts are available or just go to the Ringer's website and download it. Uh, Former NFL GM, he spent his entire professional life either in TV or actually doing the work that you're watching all these other men do with some of the best in the business. Michael, thanks so much for for joining us. Bye-bye. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. 
Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 